0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. the posters, done. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie Critics Say Exist to
1: Make You Happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Yep. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read PG-13.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Hey everybody! This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is September 14th, and Atlanta United was beaten three to one here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium by the Columbus Crew. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. It was a costly loss for the Five Stripes because they really needed to win their remaining six games to finish in first in the East at, for the playoffs. Which comes with a buy in the first round and home field advantage until the MLS Cup, and now they're going to have to need a lot of help after just a really poor performance tonight against a crew team that was 11th in the 12-team East. Uh, goals were scored by Joseph Martinez, so I still think at some point Opta is going to change that nope. to an own goal. No. Nope. Uh, yeah, voice you hear is Jason Longshore. We can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> uh, Giazzi Zardis for Columbus, for Diaz, and then a Miles Robinson on goal off a really, really unfortunate bounce. Uh, Jason, what did you make of tonight's show?
1: Not good enough. Um, <clears throat> my biggest issue, you know, kind of looking back at it and looking at some of the breakdowns, uh, I thought they lost the middle of the field. I thought they... Struggled after getting the goal, which is kind of a weird time to struggle. It felt like the intensity drained out of them at that point. And against the Columbus team, that yep, they're 11th in the East, but they've only lost one of their last nine now. They, they haven't been winning games, but they haven't been losing them. They found a way to win tonight. It felt like they've been building towards this, and this was a time where they get... Zardes, who had a good night tonight, very big night for him. His fifth goal in his last six on the road he has been very big, you know, outside of Montprest Stadium for them. And I thought getting Moctar, Santos, and Luis Diaz as their three attacking midfielders, that worked really well. And every time they were able to get out in transition, they took advantage of an Atlanta team that wasn't very organized. There was a lot of space between the back three, and the three central midfielders, it, it didn't feel like things were very defined for this team. They kind of just lost their heads, lost their patience, and struggled to see the game out after getting an early goal. And this is back-to-back games where they score at first and end up losing.
0: Uh, you can read more about this in the story I've posted uh, on AJC.com or on my Twitter at Doug and AJC. But Frank DeBoer said, in his opinion tonight, what happened was the team kept getting stuck in between setting up its offense a- after it was coming out of its defense. And so that's why Flo Pogba got caught up field mm. on the second goal. I'm still not sure what he was doing, his decision-making process on the first goal, um, but it's why Columbus kept having counterattack after counterattack after counterattack because Atlanta United wasn't winning its duels, enough of its duels. It did win the majority of the duels, but not the important ones. Mm. wasn't winning the second balls. And then when it had the ball on the offensive end, it was not patient enough. It kept trying to force passes that weren't there or just making bad passes. Pitti had a ton of bad passes tonight, a ton of turnovers. Um,
1: I don't don't have a problem with turnovers and bad passes. I have a big problem, and, and I think this is something that DeBoer was getting at, the big problem is with turnovers that are too early in the buildup because then you're stuck. Then you're yeah. absolutely stuck in between getting forward and defending. That's what creates these gaps. And it felt like some of those bad decisions and playing too quickly, Pithy had some, and, and, and Pitty's the kind of player that you know he's going to take chances with his passes in the final third. Okay. You can live with that because he can pull some that are just, there's nobody else in the league who can do it. But Rometty had a number of turnovers tonight, more than I can remember from him. I thought Nagby was struggling to kind of find his chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyndman created four chances, but it didn't feel like he was that influential. And, and those are the ones earlier in the buildup when it turned over where you got caught. And, and that was the biggest issue for me. Escobar and Pogba were both trying to find their opportunities to get forward, as we've seen LGP do many times as we've seen Escobar do when he's played at the center back. But they were doing it too quickly, and then turnovers were happening too early, and then you're exposed.
0: Yep. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I don't mean that Pity was the only guy creating turnovers. Yeah, no, Every, no. Everybody was creating turnovers.
1: You you just, it was of kind of funny to because to it agree.
0: started in like the first five seconds of the game when Pitty tried to hit a dagger across the field and it went out of bounds, and then it just kept happening. So, some of the passes he tries to make, I don't understand. Yeah, he's I think, a streaky I think player. they're just too goofy. Uh, they don't make sense to me. But that's not here. I'm not here to, that's... to pound on Pitts no. The no, whole no, no, team no. played poor. Play. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's not. I, I don't I don't want to keep it here. But Pitti's an interesting one in that he will see something and he will try something that there are very few players who have the confidence to do. And when he misses those passes, I'm, I'm okay with that trade off. It's some of the ones where after a couple bad passes, after a couple giveaways, and not just from him but from the team, there's times where it's, okay, keep it simple here. Just keep it simple and, and string a few together to rebuild that confidence. Those are the ones where it's like, all right, do something different. When he tries to pull off something special doesn't come off, in the right parts of the field, I'll take that because he does pull them off sometimes.
0: Uh, The good news for Atlanta United tonight was Montreal lost at Cincinnati. In Montreal. It was in Montreal. So Atlanta United has clinched a playoff berth for the third consecutive season. Uh, It likely won't drop below the third playoff spot, but I guess there's always opportunities for bad news, unfortunately. So let's go back to Joseph Martinez's goal. Not goal.
1: It's a goal. (laughs) Not a pretty goal, but... It, the way these get scored, and, and as somebody who has some experience doing stats for Opta in the, the old NASL, not the old old NASL, not that old, but in the, uh, the Silverbacks era, North American Soccer League, if, the, if there is a shot and it is going in the general direction of the goal, and then it's deflected, it's not an own goal, and Joseph got a touch. Now, the deflection from Maloney it is so soon after Joseph's touch, Joseph's touch could have been going wide to the far post.
0: It was definitely going wide at the far I think so,
1: post. but it's so quick. That's a very harsh goal to bring back off the board and give an own goal. I don't think you're going to do that. When you go back to the, the goal um, last year against RSL that was given to Tito after coming off the post and off the back of Raimondo. If you're going to give that one in this building, you're definitely giving Joseph the goal when he did get the touch. I wasn't sure if he got a touch when when I saw the conversation start, but he got a touch probably going wide, but you're not 100% sure. Well, kind of what's
0: funny about it is those kind of shots kept happening all night. Donovan Nagby scuffed a one from seven yards. Yeah. Ball, he couldn't get the ball from the winner's seat. Yeah, Franco
1: Escobar had a shot go
0: backward. Yeah, he he was tried like to, to hit a full volley.
1: Post. He tried to go full volley with like the, one of the most difficult chances you can go for. It was just and one of those completely nights. Completely missed it. Nagby's was just like, oh, please. It felt like, the, it felt like you were in slow motion for him trying to pull that out. It was one of those nights. You created 10 chances, Columbus created 8, but Columbus felt more dangerous every time they crossed midfield. Atlanta didn't feel like they really had the, the right ideas. I think Frank tried to kind of shake it up a little bit with the substitutions, moving Gressel inside, bringing Tito Villalba in on the right, playing as sort of a right wing back, but you knew he was going to bomb forward the whole time. Didn't really give you anything different. Vasquez coming on. Didn't really get much different out of that. He got a header late after a, a pretty heavy collision on the back post, but he wasn't able to put it on goal. It just wasn't enough. They weren't good enough.
0: Yeah, this, that was one thing I was curious about, because you, as you saw the crosses, totals climbing, and Atlanta hit 24 in the game. I was a little surprised they didn't bring Vasquez on much, much earlier, because Joseph was not going to win the headers tonight uh, mm-hmm. against Columbus's uh, really athletic center-back pairing of Cada and Mensah. Uh, and they were both playing really, really tight to Joseph. Uh, Vasquez in there a little bit earlier would have given them something to think about, and he was bigger than both guys. But anyway, it doesn't matter now. Atlanta United must turn the page. It goes to suddenly red-hot Cincinnati uh, on Wednesday, and now it must win its remaining five games to really have any legitimate shot of passing Philadelphia, passing NYCSD, and getting that first seed. Atlanta United wants to play its playoff games here at Mercedes-Benz. It does not want to have to go on the road. Most teams will say that. They want to play at home. That's why this is important.
1: Yeah, it's big. Um, you just have to take care of your own business at this point. You, you can't look at what NYC is doing on the scoreboard. You can't look at what Philly is doing on the scoreboard. They've got some difficult matches ahead. They, they can easily drop points, and they play each other on decision day. Decision day is going to be fascinating in the Eastern Conference at all levels of it, because you have Philadelphia and NYC playing in Chester, PA. You have Atlanta hosting New England, who might be trying to hang on to the final spot. And then you have a a match that I would have never guessed would have had any kind of importance on decision day, Orlando hosting Chicago. And, And Chicago, with their win today, with New England slumping a bit, not being able to get a win in Orlando... That game could be a play-in game, essentially. If Atlanta beats New England here, the winner of Chicago-Orlando, depending on what happens, could get the final spot. There's going to be a lot of those in the Western Conference, too. It feels like the most... Competitive season, even with LAFC's dominance this year, it feels like the most competitive season in MLS potentially history, at least in the last decade.
0: Yeah, LAFC was held to a one-one draw at Philadelphia. Four straight a, without a win. Yeah, is it four or three? Four. Four, four without a win. Win. I think New England has one win and it's past eleven. One
1: in yeah. their last seven now. Yeah, it's it not, a it's lot of a draws. Great. It was a great run and then the wheels fell off. Yeah, they
0: kind of come back to earth a little bit. Uh, it was good for Orlando. They were down 3-1. They fought back for a 3-3 draw. That um, Yeah. Uh,
1: I felt like it's one they needed to win, but you can take something out of that. And they've got some games that they can win going into decision day.
0: So who do you think we're going to see in the starting lineup on Wednesday? I'm going to be really curious if Frank doesn't shake that up a little bit. I'm,
1: I'm fascinated by this because you'll get Leandro Gonzalez perez back. You'll have Miles Robinson. I think you'll have Franco Escobar in the back. Yeah. I mean, those three for sure. The midfield is the question for me. I just I don't like the trio of Hyndman, Nagby, Rometty. I think they're too similar, and I think at times you lose that definition. I think that was an issue in the in the end of the first half against LAFC when it all fell apart. It, it felt like a line of three as opposed to like proper spacing. When Barr goes in, you have definition in the front of the midfield three, because Barco's essentially going to be part of the forward three, and the other two have to sit behind. When you have Lorenowitz in, he's going to sit deeper, although he can step up, but he's going to sit deeper and protect. The other two can go a little more. With those three together, they all can do similar things, and at times it's not defined. I think the the big change is either going to be Jeff coming in and giving that definition defensively or potentially Tito starting up top and Pitti playing in the Barco role. So it's those three up top with two sitting behind. I think the Jeff move is the easier one that, that just gives you a little bit of the safety blanket that you need at this point.
0: Hold on. I think you will see Ornowitz come in. Uh, I still like Vasquez. I'd be curious to see him come in. Uh,
1: that could give you the definition um, of top two and still Pitti play where Barco has been. It's riskier. Cincinnati without Kendall Waston, who was red-carded in Montreal. You know, that's a game that maybe you can kill off quickly because Cincinnati struggled without Waston this year. Vasquez coming in instead of Tito and, and, and Pitti playing in that role where it's Vasquez, Joseph, and Pitti in the front three. That could work, too.
0: he has got a bunker. I got, even, if, even though they're at home, I think they're going to bunker.
1: If they bring Greg Garza in as a center back again like they did uh, one time when Waston was out, that's... That's a good opportunity for Atlanta.
0: Well, if they do bunker, I'm curious if you're going to see Atlanta not bring back the four three three. Um, yeah, you, you don't need three center backs. No, you don't. I guess a bunkering team. And if they do that, then you might see uh, Tito and Vasquez come in. Yeah. Uh, in different type roles. Um, so anyway, what do you have coming up, Jason?
1: Uh, we've got Overreaction Monday on SDH on Monday at 9 a.m. We'll also be at the Brewhouse Cafe in Little Five Points for soccer over there from 6 to 8 Monday night where we get into some stuff that happens in Europe and South America and a lot of things to talk about from this weekend with Manchester City losing, with uh, Diego Maradona returning to the touchline tomorrow in Argentina, which who knows what happens with that because that could be chaotic. Um, plenty to talk about Monday night at the brew house, and then we'll be heading to Cincinnati on Wednesday.
0: You said Manchester City lost.
1: Yes, I did. You happy about that, huh? Who,
0: who, who else? Who beat Newcastle?
1: Um, well, everybody's beat Newcastle, <laughs> but I believe it was a team named Liverpool. Oh,
0: that that's right, that's Newcastle. right.
1: You're feeling pretty good
0: these days. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to gloat because they had a chance. To you already gloated. Nine up in January last year, <laughs> yeah, it was, and they didn't true. do it. Uh, still, a lot of games to be played. Uh uh-huh. um, I've already posted the game story. I've done the player ratings. This podcast will, of course, be up. Uh, I posted Atlanta United clinching the playoffs, and I'll have a little something on how Atlanta United hopes to bounce back from this disappointing defeat. Uh, you can find it on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you subscribe to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Thank you. Atlanta United loses to Columbus 3 1 here at Mercedes Benz Stadium.